0: Praise the Lord. All right. Thanks, team. Let's give the team a big hand clap this morning. You guys are awesome. All righty. Who's excited to receive something from God this morning? Amen? Who doesn't know everything? That should be everyone. (laughs) So we can all learn something new today. Amen? Well, I, I don't know if it's obvious to you guys, but God's calling us as a church into a season of prayer a season of prayer. So this morning, I just feel like uh, God's put it on my heart to teach on prayer. And, you know, there's so many different aspects. We could teach on this for six months and still not exhaust all the different aspects uh, that prayer contains. But there's a few uh, points that I'm going to bring this morning Um, And I know you guys are going to be blessed, so let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the word this morning, Lord God. We just thank you, Father. We open our hearts, Lord, to receive from you, Father, to hear from you, Lord, a truth that comes into our hearts that sets us free, Father God. And Lord, I just give uh, my mouth to you this morning, Lord God, and I just say, speak through my mouth, Father God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Alrighty, so this morning I'm going to be talking to you about a few things firstly that prayer is not. Just a few little things there uh, first, and then I'm going to get into um, three different points prayer of worship, how to ensure a harvest in our life. Who's excited about that one? And being watchful in prayer. Amen. So, first of all, um, I just want to share a little uh, story with you guys. So, this is probably about five, six years ago, and you know coming back to god and just getting really excited about the things of god and and i remember you know i was down the beach and i actually remember exactly where i was you know who has those moments with god that you remember literally where you're standing because it was just such a word from him and you're like ooh and so you know i'm uh, at the top of the cable beach ramp and i'm standing there and i'm just it's early in the morning no one around and i'm praying and i'm sort of praying along these lines god you know, I just want to see your kingdom come, Father, I just, you know, thank you for your power and, you know, I want to see more happen. And and then I got to the end of my prayer and I just sort of said, God, I just want you to be my voice. And then I heard him speak so clearly. He said, Jess, I want you to be my voice. And it's like he just sort of put it back on me and I was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, if the church is tools down in prayer, in our own lives, in our town, in the nation, in our families, it would be like going to pick fruit from a tree that hasn't been planted. It is just so crucial. 2 Corinthians ten three 3-4 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The Amplified says weapons of flesh and blood. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. Amen. That's a, we, we talk about that scripture a lot. i just ask you a question. Who's actually wielding the weapons in that verse? It's us. They're God's weapons. He gives them to us, but we're the ones that are wielding it. Amen. Prayer is the sword of the Spirit. And, you know, if you think about where all of us as believers are positioned around town and and different, you know, uh, businesses and different spheres of government, if you think about if, you know, all of us were praying God's heart and God's will and God's intentions, man, that's so strategic around town. Hallelujah. Uh, There's a verse did I put it I thought I had it in my notes but maybe I didn't but it's in John 17 I think it's verse 4 and Jesus says to the father just before he goes to the cross I have finished the work that you gave me to do and I was reading that and I thought oh that'd be a really good thing to say to God you know when I got to got to heaven God I finished the work that you gave me to do amen and, you know, it's not a condemnation thing at all, but we really, as Christians, want to be about our Father's business. Amen. Walking with God in prayer, it really um, widens your capacity to, for Him, to experience Him in, in deeper ways, in, in greater ways. So a few things that prayer, are not, prayer is not. Prayer is not a heavy burden to carry. Prayerful people are joyful people. Can you say that? Prayerful people are joyful people, right? Because in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You know, Jen and I went to Israel this year, as many of you know, and uh, we went to the Wailing Wall. Man, what an amazing place to be. But you see so many people and they're they're going in in prayer and it's like a travailing and it's a... And it's like a depressive thing and you're kind of like, whoa, there's such a heaviness there. But, you know, Paul said in Philippians 1, in every prayer of mine, I always make a petition for you with all joy. We're not to take the weight of it on ourselves. It's simply hearing from God. God, what do you want to say about that? What are you saying about that? And speaking that out. Another thing prayer is not, it's not some strange religious activity that is only for the spiritually elite. I'm kind of laughing at these as God was giving them to me this week. I'm like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's no status in God, right? Everyone's the same, everyone's equal in the eyes of God. We all have access to his spirit. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. What a truth to hold on to. You do hear the voice of God. Amen. Can you just say that I do hear the voice of God? I'm designed to hear the voice of God because I carry the Spirit of God. Okay, let's go to the first slide. That's all right, it's Galatians 2.20. While that turns on, if you guys want to follow along in your Bibles, Galatians 2.20. Okay, so you can see that I've got a key in this photo for those that are visual learners. Uh, God actually gave me to this, gave this to me yesterday afternoon and I'm thinking... What does this scripture have to do with prayer? So it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. The Amplified Version actually says, I live by adherence to, reliance in and complete trust in. So again, what has this got to do with prayer? Our union... Pastor Jenkin was talking about, you know, our horizontal relationship with God, our union with God uh, and how we walk in the truth of unbroken fellowship. Our sin actually doesn't separate us from God. That's already been paid for on the cross. It's that boldness in that continual unbroken fellowship with God. It's then that we come boldly in prayer. You know, I've spoken a lot before about how we're to come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, sometimes just say if that's the throne there and we're coming to God and the, the enemy will sort of throw something in front of us and, oh, you're still, you're still thinking about that. Those thought patterns haven't been changed. Oh, you did that last week. And it's just like by the time we get there, if the accuser of the brethren has been allowed to speak all those things, we're pretty much down here and like, you know, oh, maybe there's a crumb, but it's just not the way it is with the Lord. It's boldness, you come boldly. And when the accuser comes in with those thoughts, it's thank you for that reminder that I've been redeemed, that my sins have been removed as far as the East is from the West, amen. This morning, Ari got out of bed, so cute. She was like half asleep and she just runs in and and just comes and sits on my knee. It's just that boldness. She knows that I love her and I've got every good intention for her. I'm not thinking about what she did last week. I'm not even thinking about what she did yesterday. It's just, I love you. Come, come. And and that's the way it is with God. Amen? It's not, prayer is not about waiting until we feel worthy or mature enough. Guilt, shame... This sort of stuff stops us from praying those big, bold prayers. You know, if I'm down here, when I get to God, I'll be, oh, maybe there's just, God, could, I please, could there be enough for dinner, whatever you're believing for? But it's like when you're bold and when you know that we're good here, it's like, no, Father, I'm going to believe for my dinner. I'm actually going to believe for dinner for a whole year and I'm going to start believing for dinner for the nation. Can you see that? So union brings boldness. Amen? Can you say, I'm in unbroken fellowship with God? Amen. All right, slide two. Romans 8. I'm actually going to open this in my Bible because I'm going to read from the Amplified as well. Is anyone using their Bible or are we all just uh, on the screen? Beck, yeah? A few people taking notes. Awesome. It's funny, Greg said to me this morning, I might even take notes this morning. (laughs) I'm like, thanks, I think. (laughs) He knows nothing he says now is off limits. No, no, no. No, I, I ask him. <laughs> okay, Romans 8. Okay, we'll start from verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7 Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This is such a picture of our old life in Christ. You know, we didn't have the Spirit of God within us. It's like you just sort of follow passions and desires and, you know, selfish ambition and whatever the flesh wants, really. And so, so many of us, often we stop here. But let's just go to the next verse. Such a key, this one. It says, so then... Oh, sorry, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Amen. We now have something deeper going on inside of us. We're spirit beings. It actually says in uh, 1 Corinthians 6.17, he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Wow, what a powerful truth to get hold of. So because we're now spiritual beings, unbroken fellowship, full access, co-heirs with Christ, not according to what we've done, but according to what was done on the cross, I just come and partake. Amen. We can have his nature, his insights, his authority. Everyone say authority. Big part of prayer. We'll talk about that in a bit. His perspectives. Amen. So I'm kind of talking about identity here a little bit. I'm talking about righteousness. You know, my prayers as a kid consisted of, uh, dear God, Um, and then I would think about all the things that I did wrong all day. You know, God, I think I was mean to my sister. Please forgive me for that. I said, shut up. Please forgive me for that. And I would just literally go through and list the things that I did wrong. And am I good? Am I good now, God? (laughs) There's so much more than that, isn't there? (laughs) Amen. Ephesians 4.24 says, and that you put on the new man... Ready? This is you guys, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Someone needs to write that scripture down actually and just meditate it. Meditate on it during the week. That's who you are. I don't think I've got that one up. I didn't put all my scriptures up. No, nah. that's Ephesians 4.24, created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's who you are in the Spirit. And that's what gives us access to him. Amen? So just to summarise, you have access to pray the prayer of heaven because of your union with him. You know, if you think about the disciples, how many years did they have with Jesus? Who knows? Kath? Three. (laughs) They had three years. Okay? Three years to walk with him, talk with him. They lived really closely with him. And then Jesus goes and he says, all right, you're on, guys. You're going to be a part of the most crucial move of God. Go. It wasn't about how qualified they were or anything like that. He actually bypassed the religious leaders. It was about these guys who'd humbled themselves, were filled with the Holy Spirit and walked with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're not disqualified from this, church. That's what I'm trying to say. There's not, you don't need to get to some level before you can start declaring things out over your town, over your families, over some guy you meet in the, the parking lot. We're all called to this. And there's such joy in it. You know, Jesus said, "'To him who has more will be given.'" There's increase on this as well. The more you walk with him in prayer, the more you get to know him. Pastor Jen bought the uh, parable last week about the parable of the talents and she was referring it to finances. But we can actually refer that to uh, kingdom principles all throughout our Christian walk. What did uh, uh, the king say to the guy who had 10 and 5 once he doubled it? Well done, good and faithful servant. What's the next part? Does anyone know the next part? Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what it's like walking with him in prayer. What good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. Not heavy, not burden. It's joy. Hallelujah. All right. You guys good? Yeah. Okay. First point. I really felt God... God Turn a, shine a light on this uh, just throughout the week, and it's the prayer of worship. And so it's when we're not petitioning Him, we're not asking Him, we're just coming and just being still before Him. It's so priceless to do that. You know, we're called into fellowship, and I'm trying to skip through this a little bit quick. Uh, So that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And here's that joy again. And these things that we write to you, that your joy may be full. Amen. Prayer's not a monologue. I joke about when I first met Greg, and you know, being on a farm and stuff. And he, I don't know, just just the social skills weren't. He's a lot better now. I'm gonna pay for this later. But it was a lot of like speaking, and I was like, "Can I? Do I get a turn to talk?" (laughs) It's prayer's not like that, you know. It's waiting on God. I was um, just on the couch this week, having time with God, just being quiet with Him, and just waiting on Him and inviting His presence and and I just heard him speak into an area that I'd been kind of like, you know, pressing in and waiting to hear and just really need a breakthrough in this certain area. And he just spoke to me so clearly and he goes, Jess, you're not trusting me for the increase in that area. And I was like, oh, <laughs> there was such weight to it, but it come because I was still before him don't neglect this area with him, guys. I go after this a lot with my kids, you know, at night. I go in and sometimes I'm like tired and okay, quick, let's just pray. Yet, dear God, thanks for school. Amen. (laughs) That's what I want to go to my flesh, but I'm like, no. So, you know, I go in and I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just wait on him. Let's just, you know we'll just invite him and so we just see it and we're thanking him and it's so beautiful so precious because I want them to know his presence and I want them to know that there's fellowship to be had amen slide five okay Kath I think you had this scripture in your communion it's so funny I feel like my message got pretty much preached in different aspects it was quite funny but um so Psalm 37:4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires and the petitions of your heart. That word delight says to be happy about, to take exquisite delight, to make merry over, to make sport of. That photo actually is a photo of En Gedi. Do you remember En Gedi, Jen? Israel? So it's near the Dead Sea and there's two... Uh, Fresh springs, only two fresh ones right near the Dead Sea there. And so we got to go to the, cl- the close one. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be like God with this. So when the closer you get to the source, the more pure the water is coming out. The closer you get to God, delighting in Him, allowing His desires to be your desires, there's such, there's such purity there. You know, when we went to the waterfall... We all sort of stood under. Take, took it in turns. It's actually it's not that big. I don't know if the photo makes it look bigger than what it is, but it's quite small. And anyway, but standing under that that fountain, man, there's such power, and your glasses come off, and you're like, Ooh. <laughs> but then you know once you're out of that, you uh, go and sit down because the water kind of travels down a little bit. So we went and sat down in one of the pools that were down the bottom, and. Um, you know, you can only fit a few people in there. But like, the, like I said, the further you get away from the source, you know, there's more, there's rocks and, you know, there's a bit of dust and you kind of stand up and you're like, ooh, you know, hopefully not weed in the water. Sorry, can I say that from the pulpit? <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? The further away you get away from intimacy from God, the harder actually this becomes You know, what do you say to the woman at the well? Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. His desires, his intentions, it just kind of becomes a natural overflow. Amen? John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done. This is when we can really start talking about effective prayer. Amen? Okay. You guys good? Next point. All right, this is such a powerful uh, truth in the Word of God. So uh, if words are seeds, then prayer ensures a harvest. I'll say that again. If words are seeds, then prayer ensures a harvest. We'll just read that scripture now. Then the Lord said to me, for you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. What word are we planting in our lives that God's watching over to perform. Whew, such a powerful truth. You know, for different area of Greg and I's life, we've got, you know, say finance, we've got scriptures, the church, we've got scriptures, our kids, we've got scriptures. We're continually planting seeds for our next season because God's going to watch over it and perform it. Amen. You know, a few scriptures we've got for our kids, just as an example. Second Chronicles 27:6. Uh, so Jotham became mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord. Father, I thank you that my kids prepare their way before you. We're just continually speaking that out over them. Psalm so 112:2. Their children will be mighty in the land, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Father, I thank you that my children are mighty in this land. Doesn't matter what it looks like, what's going on with the generation out there, I declare that my children are mighty in this land. And you know what Pastor Pete was bringing last week, your faith's working like a servant. It's the Word of God, you you let it go and who's watching over it to perform it? Do we have to run out there and be like crazy little people? It's just, we just release it. We defeat the enemy by the word of God. It's not enough to just say, oh, stop it, I don't like it. Who's in schools at the moment? That was a real thing in childcare and schools. I remember I worked in childcare and Sadie, if someone's doing something you don't like, just say, stop it, I don't like it. It's just a funny little thing. And every now and then you hear a kid say it. But it's not enough to do that with the enemy. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. Power of life and death is in the tongue. I'm not going to bring a teaching on that. Who knows, remember when Katie Barker came and she was saying about how you can... She went on a big uh, prayer mission uh, to the capital cities and one thing that she said which really stood out to me, she said, when you fly into a capital city, you can tell the towns that have been praying. As soon as you... Do you remember she said that? She said, you can tell the towns that have been praying. You know, she would touch down and she... It was either, you know, just that oppressiveness or the darkness, the lack of peace... Put it down to prayer. And Pastor Pete brought the scripture again, Mark eleven seventeen. 17, who began to teach them, saying, Is it not written my house should be called a house of prayer for the nations? It's actually only Mark's account that says for the nations. Matthew's account doesn't say that. Amen. Okay. Last slide. Watchman on the wall. Ephesians 6, 18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful. Everyone say being watchful. To this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So being watchful in prayer releases the power of God into situations. And I just want, if you can, to turn to Acts 12. I haven't got that one up there because we're just sort of going to follow a story uh, which shows the church being watchful in prayer. And it's such a powerful story. Acts 12. Acts 12, verse 1. So it starts out by saying, Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out, his hand, stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. That's a pretty serious situation. Christians are being killed for their faith here. Verse 3, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread, which is the Passover week. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people over Passover. Who's familiar with this story? Who actually knows what happens? Anyone? Yep. Verse 5, so it says... Peter was therefore kept in prison. The next part of that verse, what was the church doing? But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. It doesn't say constant prayer was offered by the pastors, by the spiritual elite. It just says the church. And if, I'm not going to read the rest of the story for time's sake, but we know that an angel comes in and it was just such a supernatural release. He gets released. He turns up to uh, Mary's house and they don't believe that it's him. And, and anyway, he he's set free. How did he get set free? Because the church prayed. You know, they could have thought, oh, we've got to get weapons of flesh and blood, let's, let's get a big mob. That's a good idea. Let's get a big mob and go outside the prison door or maybe we start a petition, you know, they're thinking in the natural. He was released because the church prayed. Amen. So we're not to be watchful from a place of fear, terror, you know, doomsday prep, there's evil everywhere, people dying, retreat, get your canned food. That's not, not the place that God's called us to be prayerful from, <laughs> If prayer couldn't affect any change in the earth, Jesus wouldn't have told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. If prayer couldn't affect any change in the earth, Jesus wouldn't have told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're not to be uh, prayerful from a judgmental, critical place either. You know, the Church of Acts there, they could have been he's probably in sin. Maybe he's missed it, you know. Maybe he stepped out of line. <laughs> You know, we have an example of this in the Gospels where James and John said to Jesus about the Samaritan village that didn't receive him, Lord, should we call down fire? (laughs) And Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Just be, I want to be really clear about something as well this morning. We are not a church that calls for the judgment of God. We're a church that calls for the mercy of God. Amen? So much of prayer is that focus. And we were talking about that this morning as well, Pastor Pete. Last one. So what place do we pray from then? The place of God's love for mankind and the authority that he's given us. Amen. And I just want to finish with 2 Corinthians five eighteen and 19 because this is just so central to our faith and then the outworking of our faith. And it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That was God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation it's so powerful there's so much joy in that there's so much purpose in that for us amen just one more scripture church and this just kind of really uh, sums up pretty much my whole sermon it's James five sixteen, and it says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much let's not underestimate prayer in this season. God wants to move powerfully. He's got fresh new things for every single one of us, for our town, for our nation, for our families. Amen. And he wants us to pray. What a joy to partner with him in this way. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Stand up, guys. Go out rejoicing and get the team up for one more song. Thanks, guys. We can just bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we just thank you that you're moving in a fresh new way, Lord God, that you're calling us to pray, Father, that it's not something to be intimidated about. Father, that it's not just for the some, but it's for all, Lord God. And this morning, we just open our hearts to that, Father. We thank you that we do have the victory in Christ. Father God, but our words are like seeds. And Father, I just declare that we are a church that scatters seeds. Father, scatters seeds of mercy over our families, scatters seeds of mercy over our town. Father, over our nation. Jesus, you told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, So we just thank You, Father. We thank You that we have the victory, Lord God. And we see change, Lord God. Father, we see many sons and daughters coming into glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just uh, thank You for this morning. Thank You for Your Word, Lord God. And if there's anyone here this morning that you're not in relationship with the Lord, perhaps you've even walked away from the Lord We would love to just pray a prayer with you where you invite him back in. He so desires that fellowship with you, that communion with you. He wants to extend forgiveness, not condemnation. So if that's you this morning, just come up after and we'll pray a prayer with you and it'll be the best day. Amen, amen.